episode of oh, one moment ah uh, that's better welcome to another episode of reeking scumless <laughs> oh it's on my tongue let me open a window <laughs> right oh you did not live dolby that's better right uh seeking thumbness welcome etc etc my name is laurie and i'm joined by the putrid patrick moon uh, that's offensive, but yeah, hi. <laughs> the oh, so whiffy, Brie. Aww. And the m- malodorous Keith Rowe. You noticed. <laughs> Thank you, and hello. <laughs> There's going to be a mutiny here. <laughs> We're with you once again to look at what we very loosely describe as young adult fiction, though this episode we set the age bracket a little lower and put our finger on the beating pulse of children's books with a reading of Mr. Stink by David Williams. Before we put our stamp on the titular tramp, a warning. I must warn you that this episode of Seeking Tumness will be particularly pungent. More fetid than the redolent gases of the gawk. <laughs> so, this is where you should interject with, everybody go and listen to Brog the Stoop. <laughs> Let me try that again. More fetid than the redolent gases of the gawk but not quite so foul-smelling as Brog the Stoop, according to Bree. <laughs> so true. If you've come this far, you'd be quite silly not to have read this book. So get yourself a copy and bunker down for a big deep breath of Mr. Stink and then rejoin us because by the end of this podcast, this book will be so far spoiled that it will absolutely reek. And not a pleasant reek either. One that's almost as stomach-churningly rotten as the reek created by Ramsay Bolton. Now... <laughs> Let us march bravely forward into the thick fog of Mr. Stink as Bree brings page one to life. Mr. Stink stank. He also stunk. And if it is correct English to say he stinked, then he stinked as well. He was the stinkiest stinky stinker who ever lived. A stink is the worst type of smell. A stink is worse than a stench. And a stench is worse than a pong. And a pong is worse than a whiff. And a whiff can be enough to make your nose wrinkle. It wasn't Mr Stink's fault that he stank. He was a tramp after all. He didn't have a home and so he never had the opportunity to have a proper wash like you and me. After a while, the smell just got worse and worse. Here is a picture of Mr Stink. Insert image of tramp sitting on a park bench. He is quite a snappy dresser in his bow tie and tweed jacket, isn't he? But don't be fooled. The illustration doesn't do justice to the smell. This could be a scratch and sniff book, but the smell would be so bad you would have to put it in the bin and then bury the bin, very deep underground. That's his little black dog with him, the Duchess. The Duchess wasn't any particular breed of dog. She was just a dog. She smelled too, but not as bad as Mr Stink. 
Nothing in the world really smelled as bad as him, except his beard. His beard was full of old bits of egg and sausage and cheese that had fallen out of his mouth years before. It had never, ever been shampooed, so it had its own special stink, even worse than his main one. One morning, Mr Stink simply appeared in the town and took up residence on an old wooden bench. No one knew where he had come from or where he might be going. The town folk were mostly nice to him. They sometimes dropped a few coins at his feet before rushing off with their eyes watering. But no one was really friendly toward him. No one stopped for a chat. At least not till the day that a little girl finally plucked up the courage to speak to him. And that's where our story begins. Thank you, Bree. You're welcome. Patrick, what did you think? Yeah, I really liked that. The Dalian connotations are strong. And I know that's something that we have mentioned many a time before. <laughs> we, we throw to Dal on a regular basis. But perhaps the, the Quentin Blake partnership for the illustrations of this book brings that home a little bit as well. But... I'm keen to to read on at that point. I really liked the first page. I was engaged. I enjoyed Mr. Stink. He reminded me a bit of the, the Twits. Was it the Twits? Were they? There? It was. Yes. I think mm, Mr. Horrible. Twit was a bit of a uh, tramp esque figure as well. And if if I recall properly, he had a bit of a smelly beard going on also. And yeah, a little bit off kilter, a little bit offbeat. And th- that's what I like, and that's what I've demanded every week relentlessly so it's nice to get that occasionally get my way and not have to tear a hole in another book i like that what about you brie as you're reading it just now (laughs) i was actually thinking as i read it now oh gosh i don't remember the introduction being so long so that was interesting I didn't remember the bit about the egg or the sausage in his beard. No, it was nice. That's right. That actually brought up another little image in my mind. I imagine reading this as a child that I would have given it five stars for an introduction because it creates an interesting character and Mr. Stink. You really want to know where he's come from, what he's about. And I feel like that from a child's perspective, I'd be very curious. And so I'm keen to read on and find out what happens. From a child's perspective or also from your perspective? I guess... Predominantly, I'm looking at it from a child's perspective on this one. I didn't think that it had the pizzazz of a an introduction to the witches. And for those of you who've listened to the witches episode of Seeking Tumness, you know what I'm talking about. I found this one just a little bit flat comparatively. Oh, I thought it, I thought it definitely had that pizzazz. Hmm, interesting. Death match. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what will happen when we score. <laughs> what, what about you, Laurie? I accidentally bought the wrong version of the book. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I share my Kindle with you, and uh, so I actually saw that there was another version on there, and I thought that you had just enjoyed it so much that you had gone and, and bought like a, a follow-up or something like that. Did you buy the French version, Laurie? No, I didn't. Here we go. Chapter one, and I'll just read the first two pages. Scott and Witch. Mr. Mingin minged. He monged tay. And if it's good Scots to say he ming it, then he ming it as well. He was the mingiest mingin minger that ever lived. Mingin is the worst kind of smell. Mingin is worse than honkin. Honkin is worse than bofin. Bofin is worse than a guff. And a guff can sometimes be enough to make your neb cool up and dee. It was not Mr. Mingin's fault he was mingin'. After all, he was a tink. He did not have a hame. 
so he never had the chance to have a great good wash like you and me. <laughs> After a while, the cough just got worse and worse. Here is a picture of Mr. Megan. <laughs> do they go on? Do they do seriously? Is the whole book yes like this? Yes. Do, do they get like an actual translator in? To... I have no idea. I'll skip to the last page in a moment and see if I can see any credits. But it just gets better and better. <laughs> can I keep going just for a minute? Yeah. All right. As you can see, he's busking up braid clothes with his bow tie and tweed jacket. Not bad, eh? Didn't I be like it? The illustration does not give you any idea of the smell. This could easily be a Scott and Weech book. Can you give the pair a Scott and Weech with a guff? <laughs> but the smell would be honking. You'd have to pit it in the bin and then bury the bin in the ground. Deep under the ground. <laughs> and so Thank on. you, Macbeth. And so forth. And thanks to Billy Connolly, our very first guest. <laughs> I didn't quite understand all of it. I read a couple of chapters and some of it was a bit too Scottish even for me. Yeah, does the joke last an entire book? Uh, I think so. I don't know. Is it actually a joke? It's a joke, surely. Is it like pig Latin? I don't know. No, it's, it's all written, I think, as you'd say it. And, it's yeah, it's kind of phonetic too, isn't mm. it? I'm just having a look at it now. As you'd say it, but in a, in a highly um, colloquial way. All right. Which isn't the way the actual book is written in English, so I think it's a joke. Well, I mean, right. it's the whole book. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's a, it's a convincing joke. It's a, They've gone to a lot of effort. <laughs> but it's not just a straight translation. I, I was showing somebody the book at work the other day and they asked if it was just, you know, run through some kind of program. But if I skip ahead, there's a bit later in the book where there's a list of activities that the main character's younger sister goes through and they start off fairly reasonable like swimming lessons and music lessons and then they just get more and more ridiculous but anyway they've changed them for the scottish version so like 5 a.m swimming lesson 6 a.m bagpipe lesson (laughs) and so on and so forth so 6 p.m brunies (laughs) yeah i think a bit of effort actually went into this version of the book the uh credits at the end uh definitely as someone who has come to learn how to speak scottish recently (laughs) There are definitely some words in here that I've only just begun to comprehend. But I won't try and do the accent because I get told off for that regularly. But my literary agent, Paul Stevens at Independent, is an awfully bra man, too. And, and it's just, oh my goodness. Back to page one. Yes, really enjoyed it. I thought it was very off kilter, a bit Roald Dahl-esque, especially, especially with the Quentin Blake illustrations. It sent me straight back to those young days of reading Dull. So, yeah, I'm quite happy to go on. What about you, Keith? Yeah, I'm on board with the boys here. I was loving it from the start. As you've both said, very Dahl-esque, offbeat, off-kilter. And we should just record like one page one, uh, just get it right, all three of us, and just put a different name at the front of it each time we replay it because it's essentially (laughs) the same same opinion and mirrored over and over. Well, look, I loved it more than both of you two. What? Quite clearly, oh, okay, obviously. <laughs> you'd, you'd give it six stars, yes, at least. <laughs> it was a, it was a rolling start, and I was really looking forward to the rest of the book because I didn't really have any expectations prior to that, and it was a good start. All right, Patrick, we've got El Stinko, the tramp, introduced to us. Where does it go from there? Mister Stink stinks. That's okay because he's a tramp. Well, a vagrant or a wanderer, if you will, or a homeless person. Or a homeless person, indeed. His preferred terminology was a wanderer or a vagrant. He's a fixture on the local park bench, which is where he's befriended by a 12-year-old Chloe Crum, or Croom, as her mother would prefer. 
You see, Mrs. Janet Croom fancies herself and her children as rather posh. She has political ambitions, and the homeless are a bit of a sore spot. Annabelle, who's Chloe's sister, takes after her mother. And her father, on the other hand, has more of an ageing rock god kind of vibe, although his spirit has long been broken. You can see <laughs> it's going to be problematic then when Chloe invites Mr. Stink to come and live in the shed at the back of the house. And it becomes even more problematic when he inadvertently becomes entangled in the political machinations of the Croom household. <laughs> He's offered a symbolic and soulless position as Minister of the Homeless by no less than the British PM, who Chloe rebuffs with an elegant stick-it-up-your-fat-bum. <laughs> <laughs> For the true story here isn't actually one of political grandiosity, but rather the sad family story of one smelly homeless man and how his suffering might provide the necessary impetus for a bonding of the Crumb family. That's my take on the book. Do you have any additions or anything you would like to fit in there? A nice wee synopsis. Yes, I think that sums it up very neatly. Cheers to that. I'm going to crack an iron brew. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no fair, no share. <laughs> Laurel, why did you choose the book, Laurel? Well, I was fortunate enough to actually record the exact moment I decided to review this book. I was at work talking to my friend and colleague when the topic came up, and here is the recording. Hola, Lorenzo. Mis hijos están leyendo buenos libros de este David Williams. Deberías leer Mr. Stinko para tu podcast. Pedazo de un gusano incompetente, insufrible. Hey, what is this? El recordero. Turn it off. <laughs> what on earth did I just listen to? It sounded like he was a bit upset. Turn it off. Hola, Andres. <laughs> David Williams in Spanish. It didn't sound much like David Williams. <laughs> Now, his accent is very strong, so I'm not sure exactly what he said, but I'm pretty sure he said something like, Laurie, you are very good looking and an inspiration to us all. <laughs> also, my kids are enjoying reading Mr. Stink by David Williams. You should read it for your podcast. <laughs> I did some Googling and I was a little surprised. Some folk, even some folk on this podcast, would argue that when reviewing a book, some critics can be hyperbolic. When I heard that David Williams is a modern-day incarnation of... Now, if you're playing the Seeking Tumnus drinking game, prepare yourself again. <laughs> Roald Dahl. Uh, oh, down goes the iron <laughs> I assume that this was indeed hyperbolics. Then I saw that Quentin Blake had illustrated Williams' books and that David Williams was actually the taller of the two stars of Little Britain. I was intrigued. It was added to the list. What if he had been the shorter of the two stars in Little Britain? <laughs> I would have been, would have been slightly more dubious because he plays <laughs> such a vapid character so well, so regularly. So okay. I would have been a little scared. But I added it to the list and here we are. Bree, what did you think? I enjoyed it. I agree that it is reminiscent of Roald Dahl. However, I don't think... That. And I think Williams himself has said this. I don't think that it captures the true magic of a Dahl story. And to me, it's almost like a 
a tribute, I guess, in some ways with a really interesting family. That's one of the key tenets of a, of a Dahl book is that you've got this interesting family, perhaps a little bit of loneliness, perhaps a little bit of eccentricity from the parents, a child who is a loner, has few friends and finds other ways to occupy themselves to get through adolescence or even the later primary school years. So from that aspect, I thought it was really well done. However, I found that it just, it felt a little bit, and I know it's not a very long book, but it felt a little bit long to me. I felt that there were a few sections in the middle that could have been cut out. I felt it was a little bit repetitive, but all in all, I enjoyed the book. And I'll let you three rave about how wonderful it was and how I should be a little bit more excited. Why don't you start, Keith? <laughs> okay, so yeah, as I said before, I had set my expectations quite low for this. I don't know why exactly. I've seen these books in plenty of bookshops and department stores and the like, but I've never really paid much attention to them other than knowing that they existed. I sent a photo to you guys when I went to have a peruse of the bookshop to check them out, and they were piled a, a good metre and a half high off the floor. They, were, they had literally billions of copies. <laughs> yeah, he's got quite a few. Uh, this is a second of his, so maybe that will play out in some of the comments we have about this one. But I'd set my expectations low, and I thought maybe it would be a little bit too silly for me to enjoy. But I did generally have fun reading it, and like I said, the introduction in particular had me hooked. I wasn't sure whether there might be an element of fantasy or magic that was introduced at some point. That didn't happen, so I was maybe a little... Laurie and I were just praying for that. <laughs> <laughs> You've got me so well-conditioned that I was in that camp as well, so <laughs> good job. When does Chloe become a wizard? <laughs> at the very end, I almost suspected that Mr. Stink might be Santa Claus, but <laughs> didn't happen. So yeah, Mr. Stink, I liked him. I liked the idea of him... I was really interested in his backstory. So when we did learn that backstory, I was pretty disappointed because it was really a little bit derivative and it didn't have... Derivative of what? There was a, a tragic moment in his life and he was escaping from that, which maybe is true for homeless people. But in the context of this book, I didn't think it was quirky or different or... Fantastical. I don't know. Maybe it's just I didn't like it. I felt it was derivative. I'd also like to mention that Laurie is the, the one who started reading Alice in Wonderland as we tried to discuss the wonderful <laughs> Book of Lost Things yes. last fortnight. Yes. So uh, stick it up your fat bum. <laughs> well said. I did give that book a big fat five though, Patrick. So <laughs> Yeah, this is true. This is true. <laughs> Don't stick it too far up your fat bum. All right, thank you. So after a fast start and a pretty enjoyable middle part, except I did feel the character of Mr. Stink, although enjoyable, was a bit two-sided in that he was sometimes insanely quirky and other times sensible and considered, which didn't meld that well together in my reading. So the disappointment of his backstory continued through to the ending of the book and it ended up being effectively just a storybook ending, which is par for the course in a children's book, but in a book that had positioned itself off kilter, it was a letdown for me. But overall, I'm not at all disappointed that I read this. I had fun. And I think for children in particular, it would be a fun, interesting read. Pat, would you agree or disagree? My opinion, I think, largely coincides with yours. So I won't harp on about it for hours and hours. I did enjoy it. I thought it kept that offbeat tone all the way through and I enjoyed it. It hit those dull high notes that I'm a big fan of. So that was it was good for me. Some of the political goings on later on made for good comic relief, but it started to spiral out in a way that I 
don't think necessarily meshed with the earlier tone of the story. I'm not really sure why. Maybe that's just personal preference or it assumed this grand scope that I don't think was necessarily in keeping with the girl and the tramp on the park bench humble beginnings. But then again, it's it's children's literature, so maybe I'm, I'm bringing in my adult sensibilities to bear there. No, I think that's a valid point because it did try to have that second story that would appeal to adults as well, an undercurrent of that, some political jokes and that sort of thing, which they were a bit hit and miss for me and they were sporadically placed through the book it wasn't continual it was just in odd places so maybe he wanted to do more of that and had to cut it out or i'm not sure but i felt it was unnecessary yeah Hmm. there was definitely an element of that where i I thought that that particular plot element i don't know i don't necessarily know what it brought to the table but i did like some of the the adult stuff i noted that williams put in a, a reference to or several references to the x factor which is He's a judge on the X Factor, right? I, I, or is it, is it really? Britain's Got Talent? Surely he's not plugging the X Factor when he's on Britain's Got Talent. You're right. I think he was a judge on something, but yeah. I didn't feel like he was plugging. I just thought it was an amusing joke. No, I just thought it was amusing. I don't I don't think it was really a plug. I think he's one of the last people on earth that needs a plug for anything he does because he's simply rolling in cashola. Mm. <laughs> I liked it. I think you're right, Keith, about Mr. Stink having this kind of mercurial temperament or personality that doesn't quite gel consistently throughout the entire book and there were times where he was portrayed as this bumbling hopelessly silly man who really struggled to get around in the world he he couldn't deal with currency he was handing over buttons thinking that they were money he was leaving uh 6p on the table in starbucks or whatever believing that that was adequate recompense for the coffee he'd just had there so he was portrayed as a naive fool a lovely gentle sort of fool but a fool nonetheless and then he turns around and offers this sage-like wisdom and he seems really coherent really well put together really unassuming in his wisdom and it doesn't quite match up so you never quite know who is Mr Stink is he I mean, it, it sounds so pretentious when the name just calls me out like that who is Mr Stink <laughs> who is Mr Stink that's where the magic fantastical element would have possibly tied it together a little bit more if it turned out that the guy was Dumbledore and he had this day personality but this secret wisdom thing going on in the background it would make more sense to me I think yeah I think that's the question that I had ultimately and that was never really answered was was he putting on a show was he I thought so seriously kind of fractured in his personality or was the writing just a bit inconsistent and Williams couldn't really quite decide where he wanted to go with Mr Stink sorry Laurie I I thought that perhaps he was putting on a show like to some to some degree he was using that bizarre personality as a bit of distance he calls himself Mr Stink like he's accepted the mantle and there's this tragedy in his past and things that he hasn't been able to reconcile and he keeps people at a distance up until Chloe, and he's even a bit brusque with her to begin with. And I wondered if that bizarre personality was was part of that shield? It was definitely enough to be a question for me. It was an open question in my mind, Mm. but it was never a settled question. Right. And I don't know whether that's just my need for resolution and 
full circle closure and not a fault of the, the author, but do you have a, a perspective on that, Keith? There was definitely an element of it being his shield from his former life, but I don't think he was necessarily putting on a show because even through to the end, he still had that quirkiness and that disconnect with society and, and the people around him. So I don't think he ever showed that it was a show. I think that was him. He had He's disconnected from the world. He did flourish with the human connection that Chloe provided, but he still ultimately was disconnected. So do you think that Mr. Stink, as a person, was a little bit inconsistent and fractured? Or do you think Mr. Stink, as a written character, was a little bit inconsistent and fractured? A little bit of the former, but mostly the latter. Okay. I feel like that's a question that could be answered if this was the first in a series of Mr. Stink books, because he wanders on at the end to the next mm. what town or adventure or something, and I wonder whether that could be taken and turned into something if there was going to be another one or two or three. But do you think that he's a good enough character to sustain another couple of stories? I'm not convinced that he is, no. unless... There was something a bit more in this one. I thought he was a very good character, but I, I have no desire whatsoever for another book. I think he was perfectly well suited to a single mm. story. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the way it ended and, and he walked off, he wasn't, he hadn't changed and he couldn't accept any risk of loss in his life again. That's why he chose to leave Chloe. There's no reason why he couldn't have stayed in her life. She wanted him in her life. For me, that was the downfall of his character. He didn't really grow through it, through that process. He did help the family immensely, but he hadn't moved on himself from his own loss earlier. Mm. Is that the hill that you die on a lot of the time in that, you know, maybe I'm looking for too much narrative closure? Are you seeking too much character development, too much growth, or you you feel a little <laughs> bit ripped off? Maybe, I think... Yeah, it's probably a recurring theme of my comments, so it may be that. And I can't point out an example, but it does like ring a bell somewhere mm. at the back of my mind that it may be something that you've raised before. Yeah, I do maybe like a bit of growth and a complete wrap-up of each character. And this was titled Mr. Stink, but it's more really about Chloe and her family, I think. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But Chloe and her family doesn't really work as a title, so... No, not for the audience he was going for. He may have only been able to craft a, a small mansion made from stacks of 100-pound notes, if he'd called it Chloe and her family, rather than the <laughs> sprawling estate that he's constructed with Mr. Stink. I guess to summarise my thoughts there, I liked it. I obviously had a couple of small hang-ups, but I think those qualms are exactly that. They're quite small. It was overall a, a good read, a good enjoyable ultimately children's book as we mentioned earlier so you you get out what you put in really and if you're going to invest about an hour and a half in reading a young pitched novel you're probably not going to get the level of sophistication that you demand in your podcast reviews <laughs> that's nicely summarized for me as well you can take my criticisms and throw them out the window for the intended audience yeah what about you Laurie? having heard all that i found it really enjoyable there were some particularly great moments comedy-wise that I really appreciated while I was reading. The increasingly ridiculous schedule of Chloe's younger sister I 
found just hilarious. It was giggle on the train type stuff. The extreme political platform of Chloe's mother, I thought was really, really funny. And even particularly with the illustrations later on in the book, instructions for acquiring and implementing rabbit stropping earplugs. <laughs> I thought a lot of the humour was really spot on. There was a point in the book, and I think it was you that mentioned this, Brie, that it did seem to just lose the pacing slightly. It dragged on just a little bit. But generally, I thought the humour and the characters really, I thought they were paced quite well and I really enjoyed reading. I guess the thing I also liked was Williams' ability in this book to slowly ramp up the ridiculousness. To begin with, it's just Chloe meeting someone, a homeless person in the park and then inviting them home, which is funny because of the really strict mother and it goes much further. Eventually, Mr. Stink's situation is him meeting the Prime Minister and telling him to stick it up his bum, etc. And she said that. So I really like that slow escalation. Sometimes with Dahl's books, they were straight out the gate, crazy town but very enjoyable, whereas this one was a bit more of a slow build. And I also like that he manages to stick to some core values with the book. And he doesn't just at the end of the book wave a magic wand and the problems of all the characters have gone away. Oh. <laughs> Is that I in the Scottish with, version? Or? I would agree with whatever Pat's going to interject with. <laughs> no, that's, that's my full interjection, actually. That's it. <laughs> well said. I think Chloe and her family, particularly the relationship with her mother, becomes resolved and Chloe's mother gets off her high horse and starts to appreciate her family a bit more and yes there's resolution there but you don't see Mr Stink's problems resolved and Keith it sounds like for you that was a problem but for me I thought that was a much better ending than seeing the magic wand and having him live with the family and them live happily ever after. Actually, yeah, I wasn't suggesting he live with the family, but he could have stayed in contact with Chloe. He could have still stayed the wanderer that he was, but he could have kept contact with Chloe rather than deliberately cutting ties to prevent himself from suffering further loss at some later stage of his life. He said in the book somewhere that he has a restless soul and... I thought that, yes, whilst the adventures that he and Chloe had and the, the friendship that they formed and the bond he formed eventually with the family as well, I thought that was great. But I don't know that, you know, especially after being alone for so long and suffering such tragedy, that it would necessarily resolve that internal conflict. So I was yeah. glad that he wandered on. Like, mm. I, I felt good knowing that he might wander on and... and form new relationships and and slowly heal over time rather than a quick resolution. I felt like he was going to wander on and become a little bit even more removed from the world because he'd been given this opportunity to, I guess, heal a little bit and come back to it and it was all for nothing. Yeah, that's that's my feelings as well. Well said, Brie. I think he did heal a little bit, but he's not done yet healing. When I turned the last page, I was left feeling hopeful for Mr Stink. He's not a wandering soul until his wife and unborn child die tragically in a fire. So it's not inherently in his character. It's something that's come about as a result of this horrible tragedy. So I think it it does drive home for me that he hasn't moved on from it, which is obviously fair enough, but in the context of the book, I wasn't I wasn't liking it. Right. I was just happy that it didn't wrap up completely. I felt like it was a ploy from editors who sensed or sniffed the possibility of a second, <laughs> third, fourth. I think it was kind of a weak Dalesque ending in that yeah, it wasn't entirely perfect, but it was happy enough, maybe. Mm. I have problems with some of the Roald Dahl endings as well, and we might get into that in July this year, but this one annoyed me a little bit. 
I think if Mr. Stink is fairly representative of his work in general, and in a world where we've got a permanently limited library of Roald Dahl, I think you can find great solace in Williams. Williams. <laughs> That's not just for the New Zealand listeners out there. It's actually Williams. <laughs> Patrick, you've been saying Williams. Is it Williams or Williams? Well... I mean, well, that depends how you look at it. <laughs> it depends on whether you're going to translate it into Australian or not. I think if you're British, you're going to call him Williams. Oh, really? If you're, if you're going to rock the Australian accent, you're going to call him probably Williams. Well, David, I know you're listening. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> One of us got it right, probably. Just, just call him sir. <laughs> I said it before, but this is his second book. So he, he probably does get a little adventurous in the following ones because he's obviously a huge fan of Roald Dahl and a lot of the story harks back to Dahl. There's elements of Matilda, the Twits and several others in this book alone. So, yeah, I think like Larry says, in a, in a world where there's a limited library of Dahl, having someone have a crack at their own variation of it is welcome. Did mm. you just call him Larry? Uh, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I'm so sorry, David. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Did I call Laurie Larry? Yes. Uh, oh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> Did he call David Williams? Larry. Larry. <laughs> uh, anyway, I would have no hesitation recommending this to the young me or any other child of the age where they're reading Roald Dahl. So, yep, thumbs up, I guess, for me. Thanks, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now it's time for scoring with me. You don't want to touch on the telly movie? Ooh. Oh, yeah, why not? The telly movie. How many of your kids watched it? Yeah, I watched it. I watched it. No, I haven't seen it. All 59 minutes. Bree and Keith, then, what did you feel when watching this movie? Bored. <laughs> oh, so, so bored. bored. Well, hang on. There's there's two elements to the story for me. On the one hand, I think there was a really well cast and pretty accurate Mr. Stink. Uh yes. Visually, yeah, I agree. Did he look smelly? Well, they did some really sort of cheap special effects. Oh, that so great. Mm. They were horrible. Like wafting clouds of stink that they just didn't look too great. Mm. It wasn't that they didn't look great either. There was this implied supernatural power of Mr. Stink to send odours large distances. Yes. Oh, yes. Mm. He could almost control the way in which the, the gaseous cloud moved rather than it just mm. sort of... Wafting. Mm. Yeah. I think the character, although cast well, he didn't have that quirky element that Mr. Stink in the book had. Yeah, he didn't have the slight edge of craziness, mm. I agree, but he did have the, like he pulled off the, the snooty kind of rich person angle very well, I thought. Yeah, he did, but maybe that made it a little less of a surprise. Maybe. The history, his backstory. Mm. I didn't mind the way he did the coffee shop scene, other than wafting his smell magically into the shop to make everybody leave. But I thought he was sweet and quirky. I thought that particular scene, he really captured the essence of the Mr. Stink I read about. Chloe, on a rating of one to five snores, how boring would you say her performance was? (laughs) Was she meant to be boring? I have to ask myself that question before I rain anything down on a, what, 10-year-old actor. I don't think so. I reread a few chapters of the book just to be sure, and I think she's meant to be a little bit interesting. Mm. If she's interesting enough to be going up and introducing herself to homeless people, I don't think she's supposed to be just bland. In that case, I blame the director. 
Mm. Yeah, I think it was the casting as well. Like in the book, she's a little plump and she's a little, I guess, plain, whereas this actress really didn't seem at all unusual. She could have been from the popular group of girls quite easily. There was no disconnect there apart from the implied one when they were picking on her. There was nothing about her that seemed unusual or quirky, which we got from the book. So, yeah, I think Laurie's nailed it, that she was a little bit dull and boring compared to the Chloe that we learned about as we read through. Hmm. I was disappointed and wanted it to end sooner than it did. (laughs) (laughs) The ending as well, right? Mr. Stink doesn't actually wander off to his next adventure. (gasps) Oh, yes. Yes, He does the Dumbledore. He disappears in a cloud of stink. Exactly, implying that he's magical. However, the saving grace of the entire movie is the probably seven minutes in which you see David Williams himself as the Prime Minister. (laughs) I giggled. I giggled along. Mm, I've seen him do better. He could have been better, yeah. He was fun, but it could have been better. Mm. He phoned at home, I think, that one. (laughs) 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 Sorry, sorry, Mr. Williams, Williams, Williams. Etc. Sorry, David. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> All right. So, yes, the telly movie was very telly movie-esque. I think it was a BBC special. In terms of effects, it wasn't great. In terms of the lead actress, it wasn't great. Mr. Stink, pretty good. It's not the best adaptation I've ever seen, for sure. It'd be enough for a child audience and nothing more. I agree. And I think it was made as a Christmas special. So, for a Christmas special, you're not really looking for high-class cinema is looking for something to get out of washing the dishes so fine <laughs> we haven't really mentioned this as as well the the ending of the book was reminiscent actually of the ending of the book of lost things in that the chief character <laughs> in that the chief character turns it into a story it is a story oh this is this is that true, is true. Oh. I take it all back. That is absolutely correct, yes. Yeah, so Chloe, the budding author, who's written some fantastic zombie fiction, <laughs> at the end commences writing the story of Mr. Stink. Jeez, talk of derivative. <laughs> <laughs> Which goes to show that you can spin a story on similar premises for any audience and hit the mark. And like the Book of Lost Things, I think this does hit a mark. Hmm. Hmm. I agree. Just to hark back to the person that recommended this book to me in the first place, who has three young children, they apparently absolutely gorge on these books. When I asked them which of his books I should review, they couldn't give me an answer because they loved them all equally. There wasn't a clear standout, and that was true for all three of them. (laughs) So I think he's doing good work. Bueno. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on to scoring with me. Finally, I've been very <laughs> Such a <Hasn't>. tease. <laughs> Since the olfactory features so strongly in this book, I thought we'd follow suit and our noses. Your options this evening are one stink, it stank worse than Brussels sprouts served with a side salad of dog's droppings, two foul pongs, It reeked worse than burning rubber on a black town street. So very common. (laughs) Three whiffs, the scent of recent rain. Fresh and inviting, but not particularly memorable in the long term. Oh, man. Fresh rain is a five smell. No, no. Your system is 
balked. Okay. <laughs> All right, fine. Anyway, carry on. Four Sorry. sweet wafts, an awakening to the scent of fresh bread. Finished baking in early morning, warm, delicious, and satisfying. Or five heavenly scents, a glorious inhalation of lamb roast with gravy over crispy golden potatoes. And a lemon meringue warming in the oven. A sensory treat, a feast for the senses and fun for the whole family. Jeez, I do feel like I've scored with Laurie there. I might have to excuse myself for a minute. <laughs> One stink, two foul pongs, three whiffs, four sweet wafts or five heavenly scents. Patrick? Oh, uh, this is tough. I think I liked it enough for a four or a five. Probably my reservations were enough to, to knock it just out of the lamb roast ballpark unfortunately so i'm going to give it a, a four uh, but a, a heartily endorsed four i recommend it to everybody so maybe fresh bread with a nice ooh, what's the term smush of garlic butter <laughs> yeah that's right a fresh loaf in the morning <laughs> okay good oh brie i enjoyed it but it for me is the smell of fresh rain but it is pushing the boundaries of a loaf of bread so i would say it's a high three can i be a little bit i think i've made this crack before but can i be a bit david stratton and have three and a half stars it's a rain point bread <laughs> <It is>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right keith yeah i'm gonna follow that path that breeze just trodden for me it's a little bit more than the fresh rain maybe it's some garlic bread that has just been slightly overcooked so oh. it's, is, it, is it some garlic bread that's been left out in the rain? Ooh, that's a heartbreaking <laughs> tale there. <so laughs> a bit more than three and a half, a bit less than four. Good book, fun book, read it, kids. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to go very boring and say four sweet wafts. Yes, with a, with, with a hint of golden potatoes in the background. Yep. This is a tight cluster here. <laughs> this is but very three, four-ish centric. <laughs> So, well, four and a half for me, I'd say. Well, that's a pretty good rating, I think. Yeah, definitely. Next episode, Tomorrow When the War Began. Any teenager growing up in Australia in the 1990s that had any kind of inclination towards reading would be familiar with this classic by John Marsden. Will we enjoy tomorrow as much as we did yesterday? Tune in and find out. Before we go, there's a competition. There's a competition, guys. Woo! Is this the death match that I was challenging Bree to earlier? Or? <laughs> Has someone finally uh, called in with that Hunger Games challenge we issued and we're going to be paid immense amounts of money to enter the arena? <laughs> you guys are doomed. <laughs> As you know, we're on Facebook, Twitter and Gmail. Seeking Tumnus, or one word for any of those. We're hoping to hear about your recollections of the Tomorrow series. Anyone that sends us an email, tweets, or a Facebook comment between now and the 14th of March 2016 with their thoughts will be in the running to win a Seeking Tumnus polo shirt. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to like us. We're not asking you to retweet or share, though we do appreciate those. We just want to hear what you remember about the book, what you liked, what you disliked, who you fancied in the book, and or whether you've revisited the book since the 90s. 
We'll read out the interesting comments, and our favourite wins a shirt in the size and gender of your choice. They're pretty snazzy. Get onto it quick. Is it correct to say that you can have a shirt in the gender of your choice? Does that sort of, it sounds to me like the shirt is gendered. Well, you know what? <laughs> I don't know if that's technically correct, but <laughs> if you're going to get through life walking into clothing stores without having to have it loose in the front or tight at the sides... Or... I cer- certainly understand the concept of men's and women's sizing. <laughs> as, a, as a broad construct, that's a thing that makes sense to me. But a gendered shirt just sounds like the shirt identifies as female (laughs) or the shirt identifies as male rather than this shirt has some like extra baggier bits in certain places for those of us who are more blessed in the buzzy region (laughs) than others i've never had the discussion with a shirt made for women that it actually prefers to identify as a man so until i have that problem then yes (laughs) (laughs) it's probably not a matter that requires a huge amount of debate right now anyway but it just it it tickled me. Before you wrap things up, mm. we probably should mention that if you're in Sydney, coming up in early April at both the Parramatta Riverside Theatre and the Opera House is a Mr. Stink play. Oh, really? Yeah, so... If your kids have already read it. Yeah, yeah get out there and, and see it. It probably will be really fun. They're here for maybe a couple of weeks only, so keep your eye out, get your tickets early and enjoy, hopefully. Mm, and if you do, let us know how it was. Until then, if you're a little mingin, boffin or guff, run yourself a nice cold <laughs> pond, relax, grab your favourite book and keep reading. Yeah, we doubt your rascals. I'm still seeking I think, like Larry says... Did you just call him Larry? Uh, (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Anyway, I would have no hesitation recommending this. Thanks, Larry. (laughs) 